It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett, and I don't have anybody with me as per usual this week. This week, it is going to be another John solo version. Uh, well, Josh, the in-home consultant here, has been uh, at work. He's, he's got that going on, which I, I appreciate it, so I and uh, Aaron, uh, the usual co-host here, Aaron Flottam, is actually uh, busy off at uh, Fort McCoy. I don't know if he's in the woods or if he's just in cantonment, as we'd say, but either way, he's unavailable at this point, so this is where we are, and I did not feel like reaching out to getting a lot of other help here just because it is such a slow time for sports, especially since I don't care about the NBA Finals and I'm not watching a desert team play a Florida team for a Stanley Cup final. Um, <laughs> I have limits. I love hockey. I'm not doing it. Uh, I'll be watching USFL and such, but that's not what this show is about. So we're not going to talk like, you know, showboats and Panthers and stuff. So um, we'll remind you, though, that you can follow this uh, this entire podcast on Twitter at Scotty Johnny Pod. You can follow me at Not So Humble Host and while Aaron's not here to plug himself, since he is, he, this is our show, our, you know, it's our picture on the, the logo there. Uh, I'll say that, of course, you can follow Aaron at Cheddar Talk. And uh, <laughs> he's almost been getting bored with it at this point. Um, this is mostly a time of year where he's going to be just messing with politicians for no reason. And it's, it's almost just almost boring for him at this point, I think. Uh, but we don't have a, a lot to cover here since we don't have basketball or hockey or you know football particularly to cover here because anything we've got with Packers is mostly just all the weird lists, all the off-season just garbage that people go through. This is the time of year where everybody is looking forward to football. Like there have been some OTAs and um, there's no cameras particularly out there, so there's no footage being put out there. So what was funny is watching Rob Domofsky and some people trying to get some kind of footage of passing and throwing and all that stuff and uh, trying to describe it as best they could. So it's, I don't know, take it for what it's worth. Uh, There was some talk the other day about a a bad interception across the middle late that Love threw in a a two-minute drill. The reason I don't care is that Rodgers did that all the time because practice is where he would mess around, where he would take those chances and see if he could make some things work, do the things that he definitely wouldn't even try in a game, but he would work on those things. So Rodgers threw way more interceptions in practice than he threw in games because he was willing to take more chances because risk-reward, you know, it's, it's there. And so Jordan Love has made some pretty incredible throws and some pretty boneheaded throws so far. And I think the biggest thing is we need to stop doing just we need to stop doing what we want to do. Our our natural instinct is to try to protect the team, to try to say that the team is still always great. 
and as far as an opening goes, getting something about the Packers in here is great. But I'll say, just everybody slow down on on love. You know, like you don't have to hate him, you don't have to love him. You just give him a chance, let him see what it's going to be. It's okay to say that right now, Justin Fields is a higher-rated quarterback just in any projection you're making because he's at least played. And you know he's going to do something. And while most of it will be that he's electric as a runner and a subpar passer, uh, they found that you can at least compete with him in that spot. And we don't know what we have in love yet entirely. We've seen bits here and there and one full game. And that's it. We don't have to jump at every list. We don't have to jump at every uh, challenge to our quarterback. We can just say, like, yeah, I guess we'll see. And that's going to drive you know all those sorts of people who are really going after it. Uh, all the Bears fans, all the Vikings fans, uh, you're just crazy. And oddly, for this year, um, this is the year the Bears fans are much louder because they they signed you know two linebackers. In, you know, in a year where they let the other guy they traded Roquan Smith, and now they're they signed two other linebackers who are nice linebackers, not world burners. Uh, between the two of them, they have one fewer all pro than the Packers current inside linebackers, which is one. So neither of them has made an all pro. Uh, They do have a couple pro bowls. I think Uh, uh, Jermaine Edmonds does, but that's really all they're hanging their hat on. Their offensive line isn't any better. They, they didn't, you know, they did well in the draft. Uh, I think the bears have actually made some positive moves and I hate seeing that, but the Vikings fans are actually oddly quiet right now because all they did was release a bunch of people so far. So no Dalvin Cook. He's a free agent, and I wouldn't sign him. Um, ton of ton of mileage, uh, ton of wear, bunch of injuries. Uh, I mean, remember, he tore his ACL basically right out of the gates, and that's how his season and his career started here. Uh, Thielen's gone. A bunch of their linebackers, several of their linemen are gone. They, they made a bunch of cuts because, you know, remember, the Vikings were all in last year, and they won a division and lost immediately. So every time everybody thinks about, hey, remember when the Rams went all in and they won a Super Bowl? Remember also that this last year, the Vikings were all in. Like, they, they were going all the way. They didn't, they didn't pull any stops. They made midseason trades to get Hawkinson. They were in it for this season. And now they got to cut everybody, and they got to start kind of from all over again. And that's just kind of how it goes. Uh, and then, you know, rebuildings happen. And that's the way it goes. And, and remembering that not every go for it all right now works. Uh, in fact, if we'd made sure that the Packers were a team that was always like, we need to go for it all right now, we would have never drafted Aaron Rodgers. We would have never had him. And all of these years would have been nothing. Um, I think they've been, you know, something. They just, they would not have been the Aaron Rodgers years because. If you were saying that you had Brett Favre and you needed to go for broke and go all in, then you're saying that drafting Aaron Rodgers was one of the worst things the Packers have ever done because it's just, you know, not the way. What you try to do is keep the window open as long as possible, and then you just keep playing, and then something will fall your way. Uh, You keep yourself in there. And that's what, I mean, the chiefs have been doing the last couple of years. They got the quarterback. What they're doing is keeping the sort of players they need to keep it going. Their defense hasn't been amazing, but it has been the sort of defense they need. Uh, they focus on the sorts of things they can do with a team that has this kind of speed. They let go their very best wide receiver. Uh, and now they've let go, uh, McCall Hardman as well, because they don't need them. 
It, it's not about either of them. Uh, Kelsey is fantastic, but again, he's got a bunch of other guys, guys who fill roles, guys who get open, and he can find them when they're open because he's going to find those guys. And that's what happens. Is like you keep finding ways to keep that window open, and so long as that window is open, you're going to find a way to make it work. And the Chiefs have found a way to make it work twice, and that's that's pretty impressive. So that's what you do. That's what the Patriots did. It's what the Chiefs are doing. It's what the Packers have been kind of doing too. And that's way better than trying to rebuild every every other year or something. It's trying to be something something bigger than what uh, trying to win it all every single year. Then you're the Vikings, and you go for broke every three years. It doesn't work. All right. I've given you a little bit of Packer diatribe. I've filled a little time. We've talked some sports that aren't even happening right now, but we can get into everything else that is happening in the segment of our show that we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. Now, quite honestly, the main event is just Brewers. Now, like I said, we don't have any more Packer stuff to say. Um, We don't have any Bucks. We don't have any Badger stuff particularly. Uh, but it, well, I'll throw one thing in, uh, Badger stock continues to rise. It looks like they're up to like 15th best recruiting class in the nation next year. A lot of that is just, they have a lot more guys than some of the other con- uh, places at this point too, but you know, we'll see that that part is at least interesting and fun to say. Um, but not a lot of big moves this week in terms of that. Otherwise though, we do have, and as we just come out of that, uh, opening, we were talking about types of rebuilding and keeping windows open. No, now we're looking at these brewers and these brewers reminded us how much of this is a rebuild and not a contending year. Right. And we needed to start our season with that, that idea that, that needed to be the framing of this season. Um, you know, we're starting Weimer. We've got, uh, Owen Miller who came over after two years with the, uh, guardians and stuff. And we've got Terang behind him. Who's been playing a ton uh, Weimer, Terang, both rookies. We got Mitchell, who came up late last year, basically in his rookie season, playing in center. He's injured, and obviously now it's a super young team. Uh, beyond those guys, too, we've had a lot of time from a, a lot of other players who are who are kind of young here. So we've also got uh, uh, Monasterio. Uh, he's in what is essentially his rookie year. Well, it is his rookie. He hasn't he hasn't played before. Um, Blake Perkins out there doing stuff. Uh, we've got, oh, geez. Well, Tyrone Taylor coming back off of injury. That's obviously nice to have, but still, he's just coming back off of injury. We're playing John Singleton, William Contreras. Um, yeah, just a bunch of guys who are kind of in there. Caratini's been one of our best hitters on this team this year so far. Him and Owen Miller. Again, Owen Miller just. Just 26 uh, and and playing kind of his third season, though he didn't play a lot that first year. He played something a significant amount last year at least. Uh, but he's been continuing to improve as he goes. He batted 245 on the season last year, batting 315 right now. Uh, though he has slowed up some, he's only batting 283 over the last two weeks. But I want to keep doing this where we keep focusing in on the trend, where he is, where people are. Uh, Christian Yelich batting 271 over the last 15-day period uh, and, and also taking 11 walks in that time span. So finding a way to get – he's on base is 
407. Um, Roddy Teles, he does not take walks, but he has the interesting take. I believe he's got the fewest swings per pitch in baseball. Like he, he's being very selective in what he does. And I mean, he's batting well over the last stretch, 133. Uh, but I mean, over this year though, he's, he's still hitting the ball more effectively once he does swing and, and driving the ball. Well, it's just been kind of a weird this stretch here where they just lost all offense. And this is the kind of team where you do need one or two of those bigger bats to always be on. You probably need two of them. Um, the Brewers got a little help against uh, Baltimore this last week. They win two out of three against Baltimore. And I said this last week. I was like, this is one where it looks like for the most Brewers thing ever would be, you know, beat Baltimore and then get swept by Oakland. And then they did. Well, they take two out of three from Baltimore, uh, get the extra inning win to uh, start off the Baltimore series. And then uh, Joey Weimer gets the four for four game with five RBI and uh, carries the team to a very nice win where they didn't quite just fold up at the end, but uh, certainly looked like it was possible getting up 10-3 and then hanging on for that late win. Uh, But yeah, that required Joey Weimer to get hot. And we have not seen enough of a lot of the, the big names getting hot. Yelich has been kind of performing as much as you'd want him to, I think. I mean, we'll say it this way. He's been performing to his pay. He has been at essentially his level of what he is being paid to do. And it's not terrible. Uh, and every time we sign one of these MVPs and they don't perform MVP forever – Everybody always has to sit there and say, well, now that's a big albatross around his neck. This contract is killing us, isn't it? But, of course, anytime we don't sign somebody, it's, well, they don't even want to win. They're just being cheap. So there's no winning there, and I don't know what to do with that. Uh, Baseball's weird, and trying to put it all into a, like, who's spending and who isn't spending doesn't work. Uh, It's an easy metric. You can find it and measure it so people assume it matters. But I don't. I don't think that it does so much. What you need to look at is too, is that the cycle of baseball is where it's very different. Uh, in the NFL, if you're not spending, it means you're specifically eschewing cap space for something because it's cap space. And they do have a, a bottom and a top. So they're, they're making sure you're, you are spending and doing something. And so players are getting paid. But in the major leagues, because they have these giant minor league systems, uh, you can build up a bunch of draft picks altogether by trading off a lot of other assets and then being bad and drafting high a lot in a couple of places and kind of bring up a bunch of people together and do so on the cheap, which is very different. I mean, like you already kind of have worked these players. There's there's no place you're keeping a rookie in the NFL other than on your roster. And if he's a first round pick, you'd better be starting uh, unless he's a you know quarterback. But I mean, just, in, in the major leagues, it doesn't work that way. And there is you know, a two to three tiered system uh, of teams. And you've got these, you know, and everybody tries to pull in the uh, the outliers. They're like, well, the Padres are spending big money. Well, it doesn't matter because they're dumb about it. And the, the Rays never spend any money, but they're incredibly brilliant about how they do. And they keep eschewing cash. I mean, like, they're just like, no, we're not paying this guy. We'll trade them away now and we'll get more picks. And they just keep doing it. They just keep getting picks. They keep getting picks. And they keep turning them into people. 
and finding ways to win. And they're, they're just the best team in baseball. But at the same rate, that doesn't happen in football because you don't have these giant lengths of time to do that. Because football players have to get out there and go because for stuff, the careers are so much shorter and there's no minor league. So baseball's a weird animal that way. Uh, also, the way that money is structured is way easier to have all these other guys on for different periods of time, especially when they're younger, and then they don't get paid till they kind of hit that point where they're they're right in the middle of their their sweet spot. Um, you know, when they're 26, 27, 28. Uh, so some of that stuff is just something that waits and, and goes on that way. And it's, it's just hard looking at some of these things and saying like, well, this team is terrible. And everybody coming out saying like, well, this is all because our, our, the owner's cheap. The owner's cheap. And you're like, well, the owner's only cheap in this way. He, like he didn't go and sign a bunch of terrible free agents who are willing to do it on the cheap. What he did was he got a bunch of guys who we've had in our system and brought them up together, which is exactly what you do when you're rebuilding. Um, a couple people trying to say that Atanasio is the Herb Cole of this, meaning that the you know baseball, meaning that essentially he's somebody who just wants a team that's good enough to make the playoffs, but not somebody who's going to spend actual money on. And you know that might be fair. It might be because they can show that his spending is basically kind of keeping up with the inflation rate of players' contracts um, in, in many ways. So he hasn't been like adding on salary. And especially like this year, it's definitely dropped. Well, it's because we didn't go out and sign a whole bunch of guys. We instead said, this is the time now we've been filling in and plugging in gaps with uh, rented players for a couple years. And this year, you know, they didn't really. They went out and got uh, young guys who they can bring in who will be here next year. So that you might look at this roster right here on this team and say, this is the group of players that will be here next season as well. I mean, barring some of these pitchers, uh, it's entirely possible Corbin Burns isn't going to get to the end of this season with this team. And some of it will depend on if they're in a chase. Uh, Because if they are, you know, maybe the Brewers go out and give him money this offseason. I I wouldn't put any, you know, I wouldn't put money on that, uh, on that idea at this point. But uh, also, he hasn't looked nearly as good this year as what, uh, he was projected to do or what he has done the last three years. Uh, his numbers have tailed off. He has built back up, but still um, his numbers are, nobody will talk about him for Cy Young this year. It's just, he won't even be in that, that, that category. He won't be in the conversation at this point. Uh, he would, it would take a miracle for him to get to that point. But what we're seeing is a young team that sometimes scores 10 runs and frequently scores none. Uh, just the, this aren't, consistent they aren't well they're dealing with injuries we, we're getting a lot of at-bats for a lot of people uh like if you're looking at the last 15 days we have 17 people who have at least five at-bats uh you know tyrone taylor darren ruff mike rosso who's down in triple a again uh abraham toro uh, luis urias blake perkins uh, just a bunch of guys who find their way out there and continue playing i mean the top end is still, we've just got like Miller, Yelich, Tellez, and, and Weimer. Uh, and then I guess Anderson and Contreras. Those are the only guys who are getting at least 40 at-bats in the last 15 games. So it's it's a young team. It's inconsistent. 
this might be a terrible roster. It's entirely possible, but we won't know that for about two years after this. You know, so like when we're coming back and look at this team as the the twenty twenty five Brewers, they might be something by then. It's always hard to tell with baseball because you're guessing on talent, you're guessing at how they project, and you're also trying to project how much they're going to change once you know the major leagues get the book on them because the matchups are going to matter um, and you're going to see how they do against this level of talent and how they adjust and some people do it and some people don't and some people have to go back down and come back up you know and we'll see what you know guys like Hira uh, do like sometimes it's good to be down there again after a little bit and remember who you are and get yourself back up here after you've worked on it you figure out the things you need to do and you get better one of the guys going through those struggles is Bryce Terang. He's definitely just not hitting a ball right now. He had a really good game earlier uh, last week, wherever, and he had he had one, and the whole team rallied behind him. But right now, um, man, uh, I was talking with friend of the show, um, former law partner of mine, and and he was mentioning this when we were talking about it today. I know he doesn't like me putting his, sh- his name out on the show, uh, but he was saying too, like, yeah, young teams played it to the level of the competition. They look good against the Orioles. This is a team that, like, you know, we send them out there and they look good against the Orioles. They look good against the Astros and against the Rays. And then, you know, the first team to get swept by the Oakland Athletics. So it doesn't make any sense, this team. It just doesn't. Nothing about this team is is rational. So just enjoy the big wins and, and just deal with the losses. It's something that's going to happen because the only way we're going to deal with this team this year is to keep our expectations where we told you they should be at the beginning of the season, which is just watch them. It's going to be young. You're looking at a team that's going to be a couple years down the road. We're only really even in this hunt because the NL Central is so bad right now. Um, because, again, everybody's rebuilding in the Central. And some of them look like they got some guys who can really play. These Cardinals players are going to be good in a couple of years. That Reds team looks good, too. Uh, taking three out of four against the Reds was a f- huge, fantastic thing. And now it, it basically already right back to not mattering again. So because uh, quite honestly, it, it was a point there where if if the Reds had swept the Brewers in that set, the Reds would be on top of the Brewers at, after, at the end of the series. They would have been a game up on us. But the Brewers take three out of four and keep them down, push them further away. Uh, Brewers now a uh, a game behind the Pirates, which is – all of our loss column stuff. So we're tied in the win column and we've played two more games and they're both losses. So they're, they're one full game up on the Brewers right now. Brewers are still three games ahead of Cincinnati, uh, five and a half ahead of the Cubs, seven and a half ahead of the Cardinals. So just, just see how this goes. We'll see how this plays out. This really should have been some time where the Brewers should have made you know, make hay while the sun is shining kind of thing because uh, they came into a, a team that is struggling, that has no sense that they're going anywhere or worth anything or that any of them will have jobs next year kind of things. They don't even know where they'll be playing. And the Brewers let that team sweep them. And that's, that's just, it, it was unacceptable. There's no way to feel good about that. There's no way to feel good about that series of losses. And the only way to do this in, in any sort of meaningful way is to try to put it all into just 
just just put it in the box of things of saying like this team doesn't make sense I, I can't make it make sense i won't make it make sense i'm just here to watch baseball and then maybe today is the good day maybe today is the day that they hit um and you'll see every now and then they do but uh got the twins coming up here uh twins I mean, they're still leading in the uh the american league central here they're they're well they're at 500, so they're the best team in the AL Central. Uh, at least the NL Central, for being as terrible as it is, has two teams with winning records. The AL Central has no teams with a winning record. Um, so the Brewers are going to play the Twins uh, in Minneapolis. Or yeah, uh, and and check it out. Like we said last week, it's a fantastic stadium. It's a great place. Um, it's a good fan base. Uh, it's it's a great time. I, I always enjoyed going to the Twins games growing up. Always enjoyed the fans there as well. It's it's a lot of fun. It's it's way more fun than a Vikings game, quite honestly. And I've I've been to both. Um, none of them are as fun as a Wild game, which I've also been there. So, uh, but it's a good time. Uh, and, and and check that out. I'll actually be in the Twin Cities next weekend, so we'll see how we are there. But should all be good times. But that's that's kind of where we are. We're going up. Uh, I fully expect the Brewers to finish outside of the playoffs at this point, just because I don't think they're consistent enough to get anything going here. Uh, we'll see if they just start hitting at some point. If they have one of those weird stretches where they win like 10 straight or nine straight or whatever, then I think they'll be fine because then they'll kind of play 500 baseball the rest of the way and end up, you know, eight, eight up, you know, eight, eight above 500 or something like that and make the playoffs, you know, as a wild card. But I, you know, I'd have to see that happen. I don't know where all that comes from at this point with this lineup. And um, you know, maybe with Urias back, that helps out some. You can, you know, Miller playing at second has definitely helped out a lot. We need to get uh, Terang a little bit more confident in his swing right now. But yeah, just the we need to have Tellus and and Yelich both hitting or Tellas and Adamas hitting, or Adamas and Urias. It needs to be at least two of those guys actually hitting in a game, uh, or they don't have a chance. If it's only one, then they're done. So, yeah, we'll have to see. But that's where we are, and that really is all that we have in terms of main event. And because it's just such a slow thing, I'm just going to roll right into everything else we've got here. Um We'll go with this. Uh, men's and women's track and field finished up for Division One. Um, the men's team actually gets gets a couple big wins here. So like Adam Spencer, uh, Jackson Sharp, and Abdullahi Hassan all finished uh, all American. Uh, Abdullahi Hassan uh, was in the eight hundred meter. Jackson Sharp uh, placed third in the five k. Uh, Adam Spencer. Uh, placed third in the 1500 uh, meters. So all of them, all of them finish uh, high enough that they actually, that, that group of three gets the 17 points and the Badgers finished 15th in the NCAAs. And that's actually the highest of any big 10 school. But even though obviously the Badgers went to big 10 championships and did not win it, but they had the highest score of any Big Ten school in the national championship, uh, outdoor tra- track and field championships. So that's that. That's fantastic to see, and getting three different guys to get the um, get the uh, all Americans was fantastic. Yeah, Abdullahi Hassan. Uh, I didn't mention this, but he was fourth, fourth in the eight hundred meter 
runs a one minute forty six point three second eight hundred meter dash. That's that's just I'm just exhausted reading that number. <laughs> just you know, that's just that's just terrible. Uh, Jackson Sharp, fourteen minutes six point seven seven second five k. That was good for third. So there we go with that. Uh, as we remember, the Badger women only sent two on to the uh, national championships, the outdoor tra- track and field championships. Josie Schaefer actually finished 12th overall and was a uh, second-team All-American in the discus. So fantastic for her. I believe she's a, a fifth-year senior. Uh, either way, she is a senior, and so she's really her last one. That's fantastic. Um, trying to see. She's, uh, she's actually from Baraboo. I hadn't seen that before. She, uh, she threw 180 feet, four inches in the discus in this one. So fantastic. Great career for Josie Schaefer. Uh, she did go, as we said last week to the national championships in both shot and discus. Um, and so, yeah, she, she got there. She, uh, leaves now. She has the indoor shot put record for school and outdoor shot put record and has the second longest uh, discus throw in school history, only behind uh, Kelsey Card, who was a two-time Olympian. So it's the only person to throw further than Josie Schaefer at UW. She, her, her, school record, her school second place record, her personal best, is uh, 188 feet 3 inches. Outdoor shot 62 feet 3 and a quarter inch. Indoor shot, 61 feet and one quarter inch. Man, those are big numbers. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's fantastic to see. And it's it's good to finish getting yourself a little recognition. Um, obviously, the team itself didn't do almost anything. They got a 12th place finish. Uh, Destiny Hooven didn't end up placing or getting any points. Uh, and, of course, Josie Schaefer didn't get points in the shot. So, So that is all of that at this point. And we are really running low here because at this point, I can tell you the Northwoods League is kicked off. If you live anywhere near a Northwoods League team, you should go see it. It is wood bat baseball with college players. Um, the Wisconsin teams are first off in the Great Lakes West. I guess there is um, there is the one team in the Great Lakes East. The Kenosha Kingfish are 7-8 and eight right now and in fourth place in the uh, Great Lakes East division. Great Lakes West is is all Wisconsin teams. So that one's the fun one. It's got the uh, the Wausau Woodchucks and the Wisconsin Rapids Rafters, both tied at 9-6 and six right now. Rapids started off 1-4 and four and has worked their way back, going winning 8 of their last 10 to get back up to 9-6. and six. Uh, Last year, uh, if you recall, which I don't know if you do because this is usually late in the podcast for all of us, but uh, the Rap- Rapids Rafters, uh, finished with the best record in the league, were number one seed and ended up losing the final four, the you know the semifinal and didn't win it. Uh, but right behind them, uh, Green Bay Rockers, who have had several iterations of their name. Uh, they were the Green Bay Booyah, and before that they were the Green Bay Bullfrogs, uh, Woodchucks, and then the fourth who were tied in first. Uh, and the Mallards from Madison have been longtime Northwoods League teams. Uh, Madison Mallards have been there for a long time. They have a fun little stadium that that I've been out there too. We did the all-inclusive thing out in their outfield one time with uh, my wife's work. 
Uh, Lakeshore Chinooks, they're 6-9 and nine right now in fifth place in the West. Uh, Lakeshore Chinooks is a team that Robin Yount works with. And sadly, uh, at 3-12, and 12, the worst team in the Great Lakes West is one of my favorite sports monikers. They're the Fond du Lac Dock Spiders. And they have a great logo and a great name. I mean, come on. If they were, I mean... If they were winning, it'd be even better. But I mean, they're they are three and twelve. They're in last place in the Great Lakes West, uh, so that's where they are. Uh, several of the teams are actually in the Great Plains East as well. Uh, the Eau Claire Express are six and seven, which is good enough for third, behind the Rochester Honkers and the Duluth Huskies. Uh, but then in last place in the Great Plains East, also the Lacrosse Loggers, who are three and ten. Uh, that's a team that I I watched some when I was. These are different places I've gone to school. So like um, lacrosse, I was there when that team started. I was going to school yet. Uh, so we start them at Copeland Park, uh, and they've been building onto that stadium. It's a, it's a fun place to go watch baseball as well. I've uh, been to see the Madison Mallards when I was down there for law school. I've gone to see up the Wassa Woodchucks because I grew up in Point and they were nearby. Rafters, I watched them here in town. That's a great game to go see. Uh, Joe Diedrich does some of the uh, play-by-play announcing out there. Uh, he's fantastic to listen to and a fantastic guy as well. So a lot of fun things going on in the Northwoods League. It's a great league. It's all over the place. I mean, we've got St. Cloud. we got uh, Minnesota Mud Puppies, Mankato, Bismarck, uh, Minot, uh, Wilmar, Lacrosse, Duluth, Rochester, Fond du Lac, Green Bay, Madison, uh, Rockford, Traverse City, Kenosha, Kokomo, Battle Creek, all these different places. That's not even all of them. Like it's, it's a big, long list of teams. They're all college kids who their season's over, and now they're going to play wood bat baseball all summer, and they live with host families, and it's a lot of fun. So it's, um, we talk about this some, and I'll probably bring up little bits here and there, especially as as the baseball season goes on and we aren't into football yet, uh, just giving people a little bit of the, uh, a look at these things because these are really fun things and involve a lot of good, good players. A lot of these kids are playing and this is, this is by the way, like the premier wood bat summer league, because uh, a lot of these coaches know players from like the, the California schools, the Texas schools, uh, all the Arizona kids and such, uh, all the big 10 schools as well. And they all have their little, uh, niches, places that they can recruit and bring in college players to come in from. So you'll sometimes find entire groups where they're like, yeah, we got like three kids from Texas or four kids from Alabama or Florida or whatever. So yeah, it's a good time. Go out there. It's a lot of fun watching college kids playing baseball. And man, oh man, do I wish we had more to talk about in terms of sports this week. Um, the only other Big story I guess I kind of wanted to talk about um, is the the recent story that just came out as I'm recording. It came out this afternoon about uh, Tori Bowie. Uh, it's it's massively sad. Uh, she was, I believe she was 32. Uh, she passed away this last week and they just did the autopsy. And um, some of the people around her were saying that, well, she was, first off, it was just a welfare check and they went out to find her. And if anyone doesn't know who, Tori Bowie is, she was a national champion. She was a world champion, 100-meter dash runner. She was one of the fastest women alive. Um, And people saying she had some issues recently uh, dealing with paranoia and some other issues there. And 
She was eight months pregnant and apparently had started going into labor and it caused eclampsia and she died in her bed and nobody had seen her for days. They did a welfare check and found her. Um, so I think part of this is, you know, make sure you have people around you. If you're going through things, um, if you're having mental health issues, please, please ask for help. Um, I'm not saying that that's necessarily killed her, but I mean, the paranoia and all that, that they were talking about, um, if, if you're, you're hiding out and afraid of getting help or you're not going to call people or you've got no one around you and you are isolating yourself from others, that's, those are, those are bad signs. So look out for yourself, look out for each other. Um, health comes in, in many different ways and she must have had, it sounds like some kind of respiratory issue that led to an eclampsia spiked her blood pressure and was actively in labor at the time. So yeah, it's a massively sad story uh, to go through. So just, you know, look out for each other. And if, if you are having issues, ask for help. As I said, Aaron and I are both, uh, both soldiers. We've seen enough people who needed help, didn't want to get it. We've seen enough people who finally did get it. Uh, and it's definitely the better option. Uh, there's nothing weak about asking for help. Um, asking for help is one of the hardest things people can do. It sounds like having the courage to stand up and say that you need something or that you need help is important. So I just want to say, make sure you, you do those things. Um, and, you know, look out for the people who, you know, are, are being a little distant because sometimes they just need a little bit more help. Maybe we need to check in on each other. So yeah, anyhow, I hope everybody is still having a, a you know a safe summer out there. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, it's been a weird summer in that it was 90 degrees last week, uh, and then this week I just went to a soccer game uh, for my daughter today, and it was like 60. So hot and cold coming through uh, one after another, bringing some hail and stuff like that too. So just uh, stay safe out there. Uh, enjoy yourselves. Uh, get out and see some baseball, whether you know it's college kids or pro kids with the wood bats, uh, go out and have some fun. See some, see some things out there and check out the sports that are going on now and enjoy your break. Uh, we will have longer podcasts than this, especially if we had Aaron here, we'll probably start ranting on some, uh, some old army stories or something just to, to fill this kind of time. But I do appreciate you coming back this week, uh, talking some brewers, uh, ranting a little Packers, OTA stuff, uh, the, <laughs> and overhype talking about uh, you know the track and field national championships and all that we appreciate having you with us and uh, we love that you come back to us because Aaron and I definitely uh, love having this time together to talk through these things and to try to bring them to everybody else and we love the feedback we get from all of you so thank you again uh, whether you're listening in Wisconsin or around the country or around the world we love having you uh, remember of course uh, that uh, you can find us on Twitter at Scotty Johnny Pod, at Not So Humble Host, and at Cheddar Talk. And remember, of course, whether you are on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at Scotty Johnny One or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening, and on Wisconsin.